I'm going to read Romans 1, 21 and 22 again. I'm also going to read several other verses here as we go through the message, but I hope that this is being a help to y'all. It is to me. I know that I'm understanding it because I'm studying it and thinking about it, and I don't know how much you're getting, but I hope it'll help you. I find it helpful often in just all the situations of life. I hear the conversation. I just don't understand why they, why these people think like this. I don't understand what's wrong with them. Well, I do. I, I do. And this thing about your mind, just getting wrong ideas in your mind, accepting things that are not absolutely true, being loose with your mind, not keeping the gate, not... Uh, not uh, controlling your own spirit and you allow your mind to latch on to things that are just faulty. It's faulty information. And from that point, you're messed up. And uh, we're living in a world that's really messed up. But we're going to look tonight, like I told you last week, on what it's like if your mind works right. If your imagination is not vain If you think on that which is true and just and pure and all of that, how it is, what results from that? We know what the other, what what happens with the other. Well, let's read it here. Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Boy, that's a sad story, ain't it? Sad way to go. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. The Bible says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So, being right with God, you ought to think right. You ought to be learning to think right more and more. That is spiritual growth. That's what it amounts to, is you learn how to think right instead of going on with the foolishness that you were habitually involved in before you got saved, if you got saved. I believe when you get saved, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. I believe that includes your mind we're renewed in our mind, in our spirit. Everything's new. And, and I've said it a lot of times, you know, the, the biggest thing about growing in the Lord is unlearning the things that you learned and took and accepted and put in concrete in your mind. You've got to ditch everything. Paul did. He said, I counted it all as dung that I might gain Christ. And so, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The mind has to be renewed, changed, washed, cleansed. So, what is it like when the mind and imagination work the way God intended it to? Under the influence of the Spirit of God and not under the influence of the spirits of devils. Something to think about. How is it? How does the mind, what's it like when the mind works the way God meant it to? I've said through this that imagination is not a bad thing. God made us with an imagination. But we're using it the wrong way. A vain imagination is 
thinking on useless, worthless things. You got a mind. It doesn't matter what your IQ is. I don't know about all that anyway. The world measures that. And I'll tell you what, I just don't know how much confidence I've got in all of that. I've seen some people that had a high IQ that were as dumb as a rock. They couldn't help themselves out of a mud hole. And I've seen people that supposedly had a low IQ that could dance circles around somebody like that. So I don't know about that. I think it's the way you think. And if you think. I hear it so much for the children. Think, think. That's our biggest thing. It's the biggest thing to me to try to get them to think and to think right. So, I'm going to try to hurry. I know I say that every time, and I'm sorry. But I really do have good intentions of trying to get through it because I'm as tired or more tired than, than the rest of you. Well, what is it like? First of all, we go in the opposite direction than those who become vain in their imagination. They're led into darkness and confusion and foolishness like we just read about and destruction. You can start going the other way when you start thinking right. When your imagination is working like it's supposed to with truth and facts and godliness, then you start going the other direction. You're on the road to life, not the road to death. Amen. Amen. We're led more and more into light and understanding when we focus our mind and thoughts on the Word of God and meditate upon its truths. When the Bible becomes our guide, when it becomes our final authority in all things, when it becomes our source of wisdom and understanding and knowledge, when we take the Word of God, faith in the Word of God, as supreme above everything else, we really do that now, then it changes the course we're on. And light begins to enter, whereas the other way, darkness begins to surround you. So it begins to lighten up. We form concepts and ideas and notions and we've talked about that and I hope that you have thought about that and studied that and locked that into your mind what concepts are and ideas and notions that are, that are sound. When we form these things in our mind that are sound and true, when the material our imagination works with is absolute truth and facts, we'll have the right ideas and concepts and notions. You got me? I may have blumbered that up, but when we're thinking right, when, when we're using truth and facts and sound things for our imagination to work with, we form the right ideas and the right concepts and the right notions about things that, that are unseen. Those are ideas about things that are not seen. We get it right. And so we've got a good foundation to think with. It's not faulty. It's not got cracks in it and holes in it and, and rotten stuff in it that messes up the final product of our uh, mental processes. Line upon line and precept upon precept. Here a little and there a little. It gets better and better. That's the whole message here tonight. This is what happens when you think right. It gets better and better. Life gets better and better. 
eternity gets sweeter and sweeter. Everything about your life, everything about your soul gets better and better. When we know the truth, we're made free. And the more truth we know, the more free we are. It comes in measure. How free do you want to be? From confusion, from fear, from bondage. How free do you want to be? You can be as free as you want to be. You can be free indeed. But the only way you can be free is to know the truth. Now, Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 31 32, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, He said, Now you got a home in heaven when you die. No, that's not what he said. He said, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. In other words, he said, Well, we'll see what you do now. Boy, a Baptist preacher don't like that, do they? You're supposed to jump up and down and say hallelujah and praise God when somebody makes a profession of faith. I mean, that's the most exciting thing that's ever going to happen. So you ought to get excited about it. I've always had a problem with that. Because I always thought, what are you going to do next week? What are you going to do tomorrow? Are you going to live it? Is this really real? Let's see what you do tomorrow. The longer you continue, the happier I'm going to be about it. That's what Jesus said. He said, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jump on down to three or four verses in verse 36, John chapter 8. If the Son, he said, therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. We're freed from the darkness and the fog of this world with its deception and lies. What's going to make you free? Truth. Truth is going to make you free. What does your mind have to have to think right? Truth. You've got to have the truth. I mean, that applies. Every, we're not talking about some mysterious, mystical thing that we're just searching for everywhere and trying to find it. Truth. Just whatsoever things are true in all matters of everything. True. Just be true. Believe what is true, not what might be, not what somebody's theory is, not some, what somebody's imagination is. Just believe what is true. And if you don't know it's true, don't believe it. Don't put it down as, a, as something to build a, your thinking off of as a foundation. That's how we got in this mess that we're in in our world. Darwin said we came from monkeys. And now that's the basis of everything. All their thinking is based on that. Everything they look at, they, they go to that foundation, which is a terrible foundation. It's a lie. It's not true. It's fantasy. <laughs> Even Darwin rescinded it before he died. He said, no, that's, what have I done? Well, we're freed from darkness. We're freed from the fog of this world with its deception and lies. We're freed from the fear and the confusion of mind which results from seeing. And hearing and listening and being influenced by people who are in darkness and believe in lies. How much do they influence you? How much do you listen to people who are in darkness? To their ideas, their, their thoughts, their reasoning, their input into your mind. How much do you allow? The closer you get to God, the less you're going to allow of this world. You ain't going to care what they say, what they think. It's all a bunch of foolishness. Their foolish heart 
has been darkened because they're vain in their imaginations because they've turned away from God. They're godless and ungodly and they hate God and they've rejected God. And they're insane. And whatever ideas, whatever suggestions they put into your mind to try to help you understand about anything, politics, anything, romance, family, religion, you certainly do not need it. Well, I said I'd hurry, so I won't go off on that. But too many people listen to too much stuff. Rush Limbaugh died a couple of weeks ago, you know. You know, I've just listened to people that just, my goodness, they almost worshipped him. And they're clinging to the hope that he got saved in his last days. Well, I hope he did. But I'm just telling you, that's not what you need. If I'd listened to him for 30 years every day, I'd be stark raving man. I don't know how in the world I could have a sound mind. I mean that. I used to listen to him because it was around where I was. Wasn't my choice too much. I laughed at his parodies and his jokes and stuff. But, you know, what do we need all that for? It's not a good foundation to think on. Well, I'll leave that alone and we'll go on here. We're free from the stress and the worry and torment that a vain imagination inflicts on those who've allowed their mind to become a stronghold of Satan. You realize how people live in fear and stress and worry and torment because of what they're imagining out of just nonsense. And most of it comes from other people. All this pandemic. Just look. The real pandemic is fear, not COVID. The thing that's done the most damage is the fear, not the COVID. The only good thing about COVID is we've eradicated the flu. Luke chapter 8 and verse 35. Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. They wasn't afraid of him when he had the chains and they couldn't chain him with chains or fetters. They couldn't restrain him. He was naked and cutting himself and screaming and in the tombs. Wasn't afraid of him then, evidently. Now that he's in his right mind, they're afraid. (laughs) Mark that down. The kingdom of Satan, that's what it's made of. Fearful souls. They're all afraid. What were they afraid of? Jesus. They were afraid of him. They didn't rejoice because this man had been set free. They were afraid. But he's in his right mind. The devils departed. That means he got his life back. He got his mind back. He's in his right mind. That's the significant thing about that. In his right mind. Says that in Mark chapter 5 in the same account. Luke chapter 15 verse 17. The prodigal. And when he came to himself. He said how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare. And I perish with hunger. When he came to himself. When he just got his mind back. When his mind got freed up. He looked at the situation and said what a fool am I. And that moved him in the right direction didn't it. Did his life improve after that. You better believe it then. Your life will improve too. According to your mind. You're going to be a miserable, wretched person according to how you think. As a man thinketh in his heart, 
so is he. If you're going to think and allow the devil to set up a stronghold in your mind and have the spirits of devils influencing your thinking, you're going to be a miserable person forever, forever. But you don't have to live that way. Your mind is yours. You can gird up the loins of your mind. You can stop accepting lies and half lies. And all any there ain't no such a thing. A lie is a lie. Half truth is a lie. Can't mix a little truth in and call it truth. It's a lie. Stop all that. Just stop participating. Stop supporting. Stop accepting or tolerating any kind of lie in your life, in your mind. And you can be free. The way it gets clearer and clearer. Now there's just a couple of three things here I want to mention. Here's what happens when you can think right. When your mind's working with truth, pure truth. When you're walking in the truth. When your mind is under the influence of the Spirit of truth. The Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God. When your mind is under His influence instead of the spirits of devils, your way is going to get a lot clearer. Your inner man is going to be able to see so much better instead of being confused. Listen to this verse in light of all of what I'm saying here. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18. You've heard this verse before. I've used it a lot. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shineth more and more under the perfect day. The more truth we know, the more light we receive. That's the way it works. And that's exactly what Jesus was talking about in Luke chapter 8 again in verse 18 where he said, Take heed therefore how ye hear, for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. To a carnal mind, they read that and they say, well, boy, that ain't fair. God's going to take away from the people that don't have and give to the people that already have. You know, kind of like the opposite of Robin Hood. <laughs> that's what he's talking about. The more light you have, the more light you have. The more you can see, the more you can see. And just the opposite is true the other way. The less light you have, the less light you have. The less you see, the less you listen, the less you look, the less you're going to see. The more dark it's going to become for you. But on the other hand, what we're talking about tonight is the path of the just. It says a shining light. The shining light that shineth brighter and brighter. You start thinking right, you're going to be amazed. If you continue in his word, you'll be his disciples indeed. You don't know what all he was saying right there. Then you you don't even begin to understand what you're going to, how it's going to be for you. How good it's going to be. How much better it's going to be. And how it's going to get better and better and better as you go. If you continue in his word. And his word is truth. The promises are to all to those who continue and follow on to know the Lord. Hosea chapter 6 and verse 3. Then shall we know. Well, when are we going to know? He's fixing to tell us. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. How are you going to know? When you follow on. You've got to continue in His Word to be His disciples. Indeed. 
can't just jump in and out and in and out. You can't just show up once in a while and out again. And you can't just catch it on the fly. You got to continue in His Word. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning, and He shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain under the earth. We sang a song. Showers of blessing. It's like rain. That's how it is, too. It's kind of like that. When God just opens up the heavens and pours you out a blessing that there's not room to receive it, then you understand a little bit of what I'm talking about tonight. You walk in the truth. You start thinking in the truth. Start using that imagination of yours to meditate on God's Word and put it all together. Put truth together instead of fantasies. Yours and other people's. How many fantasies you got in your mind? I mean things that you believe that are just not real at all. Reckon you got any? All of us. I mean, we ought to all examine our minds continually. I hope if anything comes out of this, you'll at least do that. Look in your own file cabinets in your mind and throw out the trash. Just keep the truth and throw out everything else. No matter who told you. If it's your mama, your daddy, some other preacher... Believe the truth. The truth only. If our mind is being guided by the Spirit of God, we get less and less lost and unsure of what to do and how to deal with the problems of life here. If your mind's being guided by the Spirit of God, you just get less and less messed up. You mess up less. You stop making so many foolish mistakes and bad choices. You stop being unstable as water and you get steady. And you get to where you make right choices a lot more. And wrong choices a lot less. We begin to be steady and skilled at life instead of a wreck looking for a place to happen. You know, how does it happen? When you think right. How do you think right? Truth. In all things. All things. It might be this. It might be that. Who knows? We don't know. Nobody knows. Don't fool with that stuff. I don't like to think about any of that. And it does you no good. It kicks in that vain imagination into gear and it goes to work. When you put things like that or you allow things through the gate into your mind to do it, you're not guarding your spirit. You're like a city without walls. The way is going to get brighter and brighter. There's going to be more and more light when you're thinking right. You're going to start understanding. And let me tell you, that is wonderful. You just get a little taste of that and you ain't going to want none of that old garbage from the world. You ain't going to want that dark stuff, that stinking stuff that causes so much trouble. You just get a little taste. Yeah, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The truth. You start living that way. You start thinking right. You get in your right mind like that old maniac. In his right mind. Of all the, all the things that he could praise God for, I'll bet you that was number one on the list. Got his mind back. He could think right. The prodigal changed his mind. His mind was changed. He's thinking right. Not like he did when he left. Sick of this place. Sick of thy dad and all of this family and this farm and I don't want no more of it. But when he's coming back, Boy, everything's... His mind got right. He came to himself. 
out of the insanity back to reality. Our mind, as our mind is stayed on Christ, we're changed into His image. Now we're talking about an outward thing here. This is what happens on the outside of us that other people see. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. The Bible says, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Well, that ain't a thing that happens at random. That's not a thing that God just chooses some and rejects others random, arbitrarily. That's not how that happens. It happens when you behold. Do you see that? We all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed. We behold and we are changed. That means you ain't thinking on nonsense and foolishness and vanity. You're thinking, I mean, when you're beholding, that means you're gazing upon. Your eyes are fixed. If your eyes are fixed on it, your mind's fixed on it. That's what this is all about here. And what does it do to you? Well, it changes you into His image, little by little, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of God. When our thoughts are focused on Him, and our concepts and our ideas and our notions are formed around His truths, we begin to have the mind of Christ. We begin to think like Christ thinks. And I'm talking about in relation to other people, into this world that we live in. And from our perspective to heaven and God, we begin to have the mind of Christ. By looking, by thinking upon Him. That's what it's saying. To have the mind of Christ toward God and other people causes us to act toward them like He does. It's godliness. That's what it is. Being made more like Him. So we see other people as He sees them. We have more patience, long-suffering, because He does with other people and because He had so much with us. As our mind changes, our behavior changes. Our attitudes change. We start loving people instead of hating people. We start having a desire to show compassion on people instead of getting rid of them out of our sight. People begin to see Christ in us as He's formed in us. Remember that verse? Until Christ be formed in you. What in the world? That's what He's talking about. And we are conformed to His image. People begin to see Christ in us as He's formed in us and as we are conformed to His image. We're changed from the foundation all the way up. We're a whole new house. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your... There you go. See? It's the key. It's the, the key to this whole thing. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's thinking right. That is thinking right. Proven what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 22 and 23. That ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's how you start over. That's how you change directions. That's how you start going to a better 
light instead of the darkness. So if our mind is disciplined and focused on truth and righteousness and godliness, it'll produce a change in our outward man that is plainly visible to all. So it gets brighter and brighter as we go. That's one thing it does for us when we start thinking right. We start being conformed to the image of God's Son. I mean, that's what he predestinated us from before the foundation of the world. That's, that's what that's about. To be conformed to the image of his son. And then here's one more thing I want to get across to you if I can. The Lord will help me. When we sanctify our mind and stop wasting it on vanity and focus its energy and strength on Christ and truth. You understand what I'm talking about there? I'm not talking about being a monk and locking yourself in a castle somewhere on top of a mountain and not speaking or not, just thinking, just sitting around thinking, thinking, thinking. No, we got to live. We got to work. We got to go here, go there. We got all this. Life happens. And God don't mean for us to be a monk in a castle locked away somewhere. We're in the world and we're ambassadors for Christ. But we're thinking all the time. When we work, we think. I do. You do too. I don't believe your mind just goes in and there's only zoned out. People look like, you know, we'd say, well, look at them. They're just zoned out. No, they're not zoned. They're thinking about something. They're thinking deep. That's what's going on. They're not in neutral. They're thinking. So what are you thinking? Who's in control of it? See, when we sanctify our mind and stop wasting it on vanity, just letting it free will, just go from here to there to there to there and letting a TV or a, a song or a ball game or something else just take our mind. And, uh, when we sanctify our mind, stop wasting it on vanity, focus its energy and strength on Christ and truth, we begin to see more and more clearly the world around us as well as the eternal things of God. I hope I can get this across here. It's a journey that you begin and you're born. We've talked about that Sunday. We talked in about Hebrews about you can only be born again once. Right. You're born again. You start. You're a babe. You learn. You take the milk until you can stand the meat. And you grow in your understanding and everything. But the Christian life is this way. If you think right, it just gets better and better and better. The difference is like when we go to the mountains. And you're going across there. You know about where you got to be when you can first see them, don't you? If it's a clear day, you know about where the highway, you know, right about where where you begin to first see them. And there they are. Somebody will say, there's the mountains. And you can just barely see them. Nobody says, well, we've seen them. Let's turn around and go home. <laughs> no, the excitement builds, don't it? There they are. They're in sight. That's the way it is with this. You don't slow down, you speed up. And you keep your eye on them. And you keep looking and they keep getting bigger and they keep getting closer. And they, then you can see the snow and then you can start seeing details. And then you finally get to where you can see, man, they're bigger than I ever dreamed. Sure bigger than what it looked like from way back there. I mean, this is the point I want to get across to you here. That's kind of how it is. We see through a glass darkly. But we begin to see better and better the nearer we get to the journey's end if we're thinking 
Right. What a sad thing to me. The, the people that sit in churches and, and claim to be Christians and they never read their Bible and they never read anything or study anything and they have no desire to know anymore and they don't ever learn anymore about God and they don't get closer to God and their life stays the same. And then they find out they got cancer or something and they're going to die or one of their children or families gets sick and some tragedy happens and they wiped out. This is one of the benefits of living with a mind exercised to godliness instead of foolishness and vanity. You gain strength. You gain an encouragement. You get a better view. I told you years ago, we got to keep our eyes on eternity. That's the only way we can make it. Moses endured as seeing him who is invisible. He had to look above all of this. That means his mind was working on truth and stayed on truth. And God, above all the roar of this earth and all of its inhabitants and all of the devils and the spirits of devils as yelling at your mind. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 and 19. I got a couple of verses here that I really want you to see. Here's what the apostle said. This is the word of God. This is the desire, the goal for us. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend. That's one of those words we've been talking about, see. With all saints, what is the breadth and length and depth and height? And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. The goal is a lot higher that God set for us than what most preachers set for the people in the church. What most Christians set for themselves. They don't have a goal that high. That you might know the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. The heavens declare the glory of God. How big are they? How wide? How broad? How deep? How high? Infinite. Beyond comprehension. That's how far the breadth and height and depth and length of the knowledge of Christ. Ain't no end to what you can know. People think, they get, you know, we've been talking to Hebrews about the principles of the doctrine of Christ. That's all they ever get. They just say, well, I'm saved and going to heaven. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins and I'm going to heaven when I die. End of story. No. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19. This is, uh, uh, just listen. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. He's not talking about salvation. He's talking about a believer. Has the day star arisen in your heart yet? This is speaking of more than just being born again. It's referring to spiritual growth and understanding as we continue on this journey. This here is a promise of a continual progression of revelation and enlightenment until it's something beyond what you had in the beginning of your walk with God. You ever had times in your spiritual life that it just seemed like 
my goodness, the light just got so much brighter. There's just key things that unlock understanding if you're thinking, if you're learning, if you're staying with the truth. It's a byword of all Baptist preachers. We preach the truth. That's why people don't like us. We preach the truth at our church. And I've heard that said from people that absolutely do not preach the truth. They don't value the truth at all. But it is a true saying. If you believe the truth, if you stick with the truth, you're going to find the light getting brighter and brighter until it's, it's like, a, like a day star. That, that means, I looked it up, and it means like something magnificent, a flash, a, you know, a, all of a sudden, much more light. Your watch of a morning. Do you get up before daylight enough to know that the sun rises in the east? I mean, how many of you have ever seen that? <laughs> I get up, it's dark. I'll watch out the window and I can see a little bit of light. And then look out a few minutes later and it's hey, more light yet. And then the sun pops over the horizon and boy, that makes the world completely different. Don't it? Well, you do well. Take heed that more sure word of prophecy. Sanctify them with thy truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctify them with thy truth. Do you understand that any better now? I mean, do you understand what Jesus is saying? Sanctify them through thy truth. Well, we've heard it and heard it and heard it. I've quoted it a thousand times through the years. I've read it and read it and read it. Do you understand now how the truth sanctifies you? You'll know the truth and it'll make you free. He talked about it all so much. This, when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. When the spirit of God's in control of your mind, he's going to lead you to the truth. If the spirit of a devil's in control of your mind, he's going to lead you to a lie. And you're going to believe a lie and be damned. That's what lies cause to happen to you. So... Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Genesis chapter 5, verse 24. You don't have to read five chapters in the Bible, and that's what you see there. <laughs> How old was Enoch? 365 years old, and God took him, because he walked with God. The day star rose, man. Elijah, I was reading about him, and everybody knew that day. All the sons of the prophets, everybody knew. He's going to heaven today. Yeah, This is the day. Wouldn't it be wonderful to just have so much light that God just just take you on up? Wonder if that's the way it's supposed to be. Are you ready to die? Are you ready to go to heaven? Are you ready, really? How much you got? Has the day star arose yet in your heart? <laughs> Well, if it hadn't, you got something to look forward to, something to work toward. Now, Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain, Paul said. I'm telling you, this is how it changes you. Now, a person that is, has a vain imagination, they are scared to death of dying. They're, they're living in bondage, in the fear of death. This is something that really troubles me when I see people that I know that have been Christians that have, and I, I, I'm not questioning their Christianity, but I'm telling you, it really bothers me that they cling to life. Yeah. 
so hard. Paul said this. He said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If you get enough light in your soul, enough truth in your thinking, you're going to see it that way too. You're going to say, for I'm in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. It's going to change your thinking, your desire, till you will be like that. Death won't be the dreaded enemy and the end of all for you. If it is, it's because, well, Jesus said because there's no light in them. I don't believe it's a thing you can fake. You just can't fake it. I've known it people both ways. I've known people, man, they fought death as hard as they could fight it. And I've known others that just welcomed it. You know what the difference was? Light. Somewhere, and it didn't happen all of a sudden. It's not a miraculous, instantaneous thing that changes you. It is from the way you think for a while. You're not going to die one of those glorious Christian deaths if you don't live a glorious Christian life in your mind, thinking, believing truth, not a vain imagination. So if we guard our mind and heart from believing lies and our imagination from creating fantasies and and we use those faculties rather for learning more about truth, righteousness, and God, we'll come to a blessed graduation day from this old dark earth one of these days. And it'll be blessed. We'll begin to see clearly before we cross over to the other side. I believe that. I do. (laughs) I've watched people do it. And I'm not talking about these people that see heaven and all of that. They've just, there's just light in their soul. And they know. I mean, Esther, you're talking about some of them up at the nursing home. The two ladies you know. It's like that. Tired of it. You don't do that. That's not just a mental thing you do without light in your soul. It's light. We begin to see clearly before we cross over to the other side. And our crossing will be our triumph instead of our fear. It'll be our triumph. Remember the song? My hardest trials now are past. My triumph has begun. See? Somebody wrote that song, had some light. Somebody wrote that song and had been thinking about it right for a long time. They didn't write that when they was dying. They wrote that when they was living. You realize that? (laughs) So, boy, there's a whole lot of value in girding up the loins of your mind. Having a sound mind. How do you start? Well, you glorify God as God. And you be thankful to Him in your heart for all things. You walk with God. And you walk in truth. And you reject all lies about everything that you hear from people and that you hear from devils telling them to you in your mind. About other people. 
demand truth only. Live in that. And you'll see the lights come on brighter and brighter in your soul until the day star rise in your heart. People get to a point of no return. I done passed that a long time ago. Ain't no way that I am turning back. No. Uh-uh. No. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, lead me on to higher ground. Oh. I could just go on and on and on uh, with this. I mean, not not tonight I'm talking about. I'm just talking about they're just I just I just hope you're getting it. I sure hope you're getting it. I hope you take it out the door. And as you work tomorrow and as you live your lives together and that you'll apply these things to your thinking and your life. Mercy. It's the way of blessing. Or the way of cursing. It's the way of life or the way of death. You gotta make your choice. At some point you gotta say, I'm done with this. I'm gonna start living and walking and thinking right. Father, thank you for the word of God and the truth. And Lord, I sure wish I could do a better job at getting across these things that are so profound and so helpful, so needful in the time that we're living in. Please, Lord, help us. I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would minister to everyone that hears this and help them to understand it and to be able to keep it in their minds and hearts. And Lord, it would make a difference. Please help us all, I pray. Get us home now. Meet the needs of these, Lord, that are burdening our hearts. I pray for them tonight again in Jesus' name. Amen.